back. It's uh, just a couple minutes after 1 o'clock here, AM 640, the uh, the employment hour. We were just talking earlier uh, a couple hours ago that this should have been the May 2-4 weekend. It really should. Well, beautiful it is the 24th, and it's actually beautiful outside. This would have been the appropriate weekend <laughs> yeah, to do who, it. Who scheduled it for last week? I don't know. Should that person be fired? Yeah, Queen Victoria. She's long gone. We <laughs> oh, have no choice. Yeah. Uh, we are here for the uh, the hour. Answer your phone calls, 416-870-6400, star 640 on cell. Lior at employmenthour.com. And 1-855-821-5900. We'll get into uh, all the good things where we left off last week, and that was things that your employer won't tell you about workplace. Oh, but we will. But we always start with the week that was. That's right, John, and uh, welcome to all our listeners. Happy to be back here another another week talking about employment law, workplace rights. Give us your calls, your questions. Happy to answer them uh, and, and happy to give out all the information. Now, week there was, uh, talking about a couple of uh, situations that I dealt with this week. One of them had a, uh, or is going to have a happy ending. The other one, not so happy. Mm -hmm. So let's start about the one that's going to have a happy ending. Uh, I received a call from a lady who had worked as a receptionist, or actually was working at a receptionist at a doctor's office uh, for for a while, probably close to 20 years. Uh, Recently, the doctors at the doctor's office decided that they're going to increase the the hours. They're going to keep the clinic open longer on Mm -hmm. on, uh, several days in the week. Usually a good thing. I I always like when doctors are flexible with the time. But in her case, she had childcare responsibilities. And as part of these extra hours, she would have had to work later three days a week. So normally she'd be done at four. She'd have to work till six o'clock three days a week. Uh, And the problem was, as I've just said, she has childcare. She had yeah. to pick up her kids at a certain time. She was a single mom. She didn't have anyone else to help her. She told her employer, I just can't do this. Uh, you you got to understand, I have childcare responsibilities. I've looked, I've tried. There's no one that can help me. Well, the response of, uh, of the doctor in charge of the clinic was uh, to, to hand her a letter saying, well, we accept your resignation. You've resigned. You, you're not going to do it. So uh, off you go. So long. Farewell. Incorrect. Yeah. No. It, it, it's it's <laughs> incorrect, and it's incorrect on several levels. Uh, number one, the fact that the employer was changing the hours in such a way uh, does arguably result in a constructive dismissal. She doesn't actually have to accept such a change. It's a significant change to work an extra six hours a week, an extra two hours a, a day, three times a week. So arguably, the change itself was a constructive dismissal. She didn't have to accept it by doing that. By yeah. trying to impose it. That is a termination, which means she gets severance. But there's another issue, and I think we've addressed this in the past. The fact that she has child care responsibilities, those are legitimate, and the only way she can uh, care for her children is to leave work at a certain time. The fact that her employer won't allow her to do that, arguably that's a human rights issue. Mm-hmm. An employer has to accommodate what we call family status, the fact that she is in a, a parent and child relationship. The employer has to provide some accommodation. Well, what could that have employer have done? Well, potentially, maybe you could have found someone to, to cover her for a couple hours a week, per, right. per, perhaps, or, uh, or, or make some other arrangement that would allow her to, to leave work to care for her children. So not only is it not a resignation, it's a termination, which means she gets severance. In addition to that, by uh, taking that position that too bad you have to do it or you've resigned, that employer, that doctor has arguably violated the human rights code, which now means that doctor is going to potentially be uh, required to pay additional compensation. So this lady that I spoke with uh, this week was extremely relieved that after almost 20 years of employment, she's she's not just going to be out on the street. She's going to have compensation. She's a single mom, as I said, so very, very important for her. She's probably looking at 18 months of of severance. Wow. A significant amount of money for a single mom now unemployed, uh, whereas before she thought she's getting nothing because she has resigned, supposedly. 
So remember that whenever the employer changes the terms in a significant way, you may not actually have to accept it. And if you don't, that's not a resignation. If you're in that situation, please do give me a call. And remember, listen to this show because so many people uh, historically have probably been in that position, walked away, upset, panicking. What am I going to do? I have no income. It's, it's absolutely unnecessary. What, what this lady did, which is j- give me a call, pick up the phone that's and it. call. That was that's the exception. Most people, not knowing any better, are not going to think any of anything of it. Assume that that's it and walk away. Think about what she could have lost. 18 months of compensation. Significant. Is it, uh, did the doctor back off or did it go through? She's now. Well, this, she's... Ju- this just happened this week, so okay. I'm going to deal with this, but this right. is going to be very easy to resolve. I've yeah. done so many cases just like this. So she was extremely relieved right. when I told her not only can we resolve it, it's actually not going to be difficult to resolve. Right. So the second matter, unfortunately, didn't have as happy an ending. Uh, right after the long weekend last week, I, I got a call on the, on the Tuesday. Uh, from someone that was uh, a let go, a lady that had been let go. And we had scheduled an appointment. Uh, she called me on the Tuesday to speak on the Wednesday. So uh, what I knew from uh, the in- initial information that I had, t- had taken down is that she had worked uh, with a small company as a bookkeeper for well over 18 years. Uh, and she was older. She was probably a couple of years from retiring, around 62 to 63 years old. Uh, and then that's all I knew. So the next morning, I'm expecting a call at 10 o'clock, and sure enough, I get the call, except it's her son. And he's telling me, uh, listen, uh, Leora, I'm sorry to say this, but uh, my, my mother changed her mind last minute, and she decided to just accept the offer that they gave her. She was nervous to speak to you, and she just decided that, that to accept oh, it. So I said, okay, well, it is what it is, but give me some information. Tell me about just so I know, uh, you know what, what she was offered. Maybe it was fine. Well, essentially, this lady was earning $45,000 working as a bookkeeper, and she was offered severance equivalent to about $12,000, just over $12,000, and which was uh, probably around 10 or 12 weeks pay. Well, I would have assessed this lady to get severance probably around $70,000. Oh, my God. Uh, And, 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 you know, I, I, I actually... I, I told the son that. I said, listen, it's very unfortunate. And I had him send me the document that she signed that there's really nothing I could do about it to get out of it. And think about it, for someone that's a couple of years short, short of retirement, oh, you know, what would another fifty, sixty thousand dollars $60,000 mean? Everything. And everything. And that's exactly what I mean. That's money that she's owed, except oh, not knowing a... any better. And maybe her employer didn't know any better. I don't know. But he was, oh, she was offered $12,000. She accepted it. Literally, the, earlier in the day when she and I were supposed to speak, Please don't be in that situation. It's a very sad ending. Usually, usually, once you accept the severance offer, there's not going to be much I can do about that, uh, and and you just don't want to be in that position. Don't be nervous. Don't be scared of of, uh, of approaching the employer. Most of bad. them, most of them, well, not you. Well, you're you're a completely different story. It's a show on its own. But your employer expect this. They expect you to come back, right? In and, and many try cases, to... absolutely. In the meantime, uh, give us a call four one six eight seven zero sixty four hundred star six forty on cell. Leor at employmenthour dot com. We'll get to some emails. And in the meantime, one eight five five eight two one. 5900 is Lior's number. The Employment Hour on Talk Radio, AM640. Lior at employmenthour.com to shoot us an email. We'd love to get your phone calls today, so feel free to call through. And his number outside of the show is 1-855-821-5900. It's always been a rocky road for the last couple of years with BlackBerry. Something else been going on now too, right? Yeah, and you know, we we hear stories on the news all the time, large companies letting people go. And and the latest one that uh, just we heard about recently uh, made the news is the fact that BlackBerry has announced it's going to make some major cuts uh, in Canada and in the U.S. to its operations. They haven't even announced yet how many people, except mm-hmm. that the, the cuts are going to be significant. 
And, you know, remember, if you're one of those people, your friends, your neighbors, uh, et cetera, uh, one of the people that are going to be affected by these moves, remember that they're owed severance, and they're going to each be provided with a severance letter. And it's extremely, extremely important that they have a professional, an employment lawyer, review that severance offer. Now, I, I'm not picking on BlackBerry. I, I, for all I know, the offers that BlackBerry is going to give are going to be terrific. I have no idea. My point is, ba- BlackBerry aside, in my experience, 90% of these, the people that are let go are not looking at appropriate severance offers. We've already talked this morning about, or this afternoon about a couple of these situations. So it's um, extremely important that you call me uh, to, to find out if your severance offer is fine or you, uh, use the severance calculator, severancepaycalculator.com. And for these people that are going to be affected, uh, not only do you want to have a, a handy, obviously, a copy of your termination letter, you also want to take this opportunity uh, while you're still there to try to d- dig up a copy of any employment agreement that you signed. Mm-hmm. Because one of the factors that we're going we're to need to look at, uh, if, in fact, you're let go, is what did your employment agreement say about termination of employment? Does it speak to the issue? Potentially, does it limit your entitlements? So as long as you have those two documents, your employment agreement, your termination letter, you're able to have your entitlements assessed. Very important. Please don't accept. Don't assume that a package is good uh, without getting professional advice. Don't assume you can't do anything about it without getting professional advice. If you're one of these people, uh, let go. Give us a call or just go to severancepaycalculator.com. And you're forecasting this is what's going to happen based on, you know, two scenarios, which one not so bad, one not great, and that would be Target and Future Shop, right? Yeah, yeah, no, exactly. And uh, a lot of large employers, uh, you know, uh, offer good offers. A lot of them don't. Uh, but you know, in my experience, if if I'm a, if I'm a betting man, I really would say that nine out of these ten people are not going to look at good offers. Now, some of them, the offers may be just slightly deficient, and we may say, you know what, maybe you're owed another couple of thousand dollars, or maybe it's worth pursuing, maybe it's not. But many of them may, in fact, be looking at severance offers that are tens of thousands of dollars shy of what they need to be. And you only have one crack at this. Once you've accepted this, it's too late. There's no saying, well, you know what? Now I've changed my mind. Now I want Lear to look at it. At that point, it's too late. We talked about in the past show things your employer won't tell you about workplace rights, but we will. We've got a list. We're uh, working our way through it. I guess we'll get to this one. That is if the business is sold. There you go. Uh, you don't have to accept a job with a buyer. Yes, and, and you know your employer is not going to tell you. So if the employer is selling the business, the employer may say, oh, good news. Uh, you know We've sold the business to XYZ Inc., and they're going to employ you, so so long, farewell. And there's nothing wrong with that, and, and you may be very happy about that. But really, the rea- uh, what I'm here to say is that you have a choice. And that choice is you don't necessarily have to accept a job with XYZ Inc., with the buyer of the company uh, that, uh, that's buying the business. Uh, and what does that mean? That means that anytime a business is sold, the assets of a business is sold to another company, you can decide not to accept the offer, in which case you do get severance. Now, the, how much severance depends on the reason as to why you're not going to accept the offer. If there's no good reason, you're only going to get your minimum severance, okay, which is for many people a week severance per year of service. Some people will get more. If there's a good reason not to accept the, uh, the new offer, maybe it's a different uh, job or different compensation or relocation. Mm-hmm. If there's a good reason, you're going to be entitled to your full severance. So remember, any situation where the business is sold, you absolutely can accept the offer if you want and continue working with the buyer. You don't have to, which means you will get severance if you don't work for the buyer. So remember that. Very, very important. Don't feel like you're in a situation where you have no choice. Not the case at all. What are you to do if you say, you know, the the new buyers come in, it's going to be the same job for you. For the most part, you like the company, you like the location, it works well with your lifestyle, but they're making some changes to your job. 
say, the employment? What are you supposed to do? So depending on, on how much they're, they're changing it. So maybe they're, they're uh, making, uh, change, changing some of the job duties. Now, the, if these are significant changes, if it effectively creates a new job altogether, you don't have to accept that that would constitute good reason not to accept, and you'll get your full severance. If it's relatively minor changes, ultimately, if you don't accept it, you, won't, you would only get your minimum severance. So really, we'd have to look at every case on its own facts. Uh, not every situation is the same. So, uh, you know, if, I'm, if I have uh, five basic job duties, they're taking one away, so I still have four, but everything else stays the same. I pay my hours. Mm-hmm. That's probably not going to be significant enough for change, just to give you an example. 416-870-6400, star 640 on sale. You'll want to give us a call this afternoon talking about the things that your employer will not tell you about workplace rights, but we will hear the size of the company doesn't matter when it comes to severance. It does not, and, and that's probably one of the biggest misconceptions out there for both employers and employees. Employers... Uh, get this wrong all the time. The misconception is this, that a small company, a company with not a lot of employees, doesn't have to pay severance, or maybe they have to pay very little severance, maybe only a week's pay for every year of service. Wrong, wrong, wrong. The size of the company is irrelevant. Now, some of you may say, no, no, you're wrongly, or I went online and I read about it. Here's what you read. Mm -hmm. With respect to a person's minimum entitlements, under the Employment Standards Act, those minimum entitlements are affected by the size of the company. But your full entitlements, which is really all that matters, are going to be the same, irrespective of whether you work for a company with one employee or one million employees. Your entitlements are going to be identical. The factors that go into assessing how much you get is age, position, length of employment. That's it, essentially. The size of the company is not relevant. So if you're an executive uh, vice president, uh, 50 years old, and worked for 20 years for a company with 10 employees or for 10,000 employees, the amount of severance you're going to get is going to be exactly identical. So remember that. Very, very, very important. A lot of employers are going to say, we're a small company, John. We don't have to pay a lot of severance. That's wrong. Take a short break. 416-870-6400, star 640 on cell, LeorteEmploymentHour.com, and his number off air is 1-855-821-5900. The Employment Hour on Talk Radio AM 640 and AM 900 CHML. You can also shoot us an email this afternoon, Lior, L-I-O-R, at EmploymentHour.com, and Lior's number all the time, 1-855-821-5900. We'll get back to things that your employer won't tell you, but we will on this show. But uh, as always, we go to the uh, the phone calls first. David uh, in Toronto. Hi, David. How are you? Good. How are you guys doing? Good. Today? How you got a question for Lior? Go ahead. Yeah. Uh, Lior, I started working for this company back in the late end of September, and they always said it was a one-year contract. But the contract they presented me was a six-month contract, where by the end of the six months, they would uh, talk about uh, increase, which would take an effect from that point, or they would bring me on full-time. Those things haven't happened yet. We're in May now. Uh, the the six-month portion of the contract expired. There's no statement saying that it's extended for a year. There's nothing in the contract that says that uh, this is a one-year. And and now they're going. They're they're coming up with uh, false accusations. They're coming up with excuses of uh, there's performance issues. I'm trying to work with them in terms of trying to uh, correct whatever issues that they're talking about. But yet, um, due to conflicting uh, uh, statements from certain management, uh, I don't know where to go. I have a pretty good feeling that they're going to let me go um, sometime uh, by the end of this week. Because sometime this week, which I don't know what day, 
uh, we're supposed to sit down and meet with uh, with the human resources department. Yeah, you know, a meeting with a human resource person is never a good sign. I, I, I'll tell you that. So, yeah, it's quite possible that your gut feeling is correct that they're going to let you go. But l- let me tell you a bit about your situation. So. What happens in a situation where you're on a fixed-term contract, that's what I call a contract that's for a specific period of time, and that contract expires, but you continue working, is in the eyes of the law, you're now a regular employee. You're no longer an employee under contract. So you're the same employee as everyone else. Uh, You're an employee under an oral agreement, which means if they let you go, unless there's cause, I'll talk to you in a second about that, they have to pay you the same severance that they would have to pay any other employee. So that's a, that's a good thing. Uh, so you're now no longer bound by a, any agreement like that. There's nothing limiting the amount of severance that you could get. Now, uh, how, you've been there since September, and how old are you, uh, David? I'm 39 years old. And what kind of job? What do you do there? I would consider this to be middle management. Okay. So in your situation, you'd, you'd be looking at right around four months of compensation, which is obviously you know, significant given the fact that you've, you've worked there only since September. The only way that they wouldn't be required to pay that is if they can establish that you did something that's so bad, so wrong, so awful, that they can let you go for cause. I'd be very, very surprised that they could establish that. If you, did, if you had done something so bad, they would have walked you out already. So uh, I, what I expect would happen instead, they'll probably let you go, and they'll probably offer you something nominal, a week or two weeks' pay. Yeah. If that's what happens, David, you need to give me a call. Uh, I can certainly get this resolved pretty quickly and help you get the, the amount of severance that you're owed. You're no longer bound by a contract, so right around four months is what I'd assess you at if you're in a middle management position. Uh, does that yeah. make sense? That makes sense, and I'm looking forward to call you when they do what they do. Okay, if that happens, give me a shout. Happy to talk to you. Thanks, David. I, I believe he was calling from underneath the waterfall at Canada's Wonderland. That's, just, <laughs> that's what guy. it sounded like, right? Uh, we'll get back into this, and that is uh, the topic of the day, which is things that uh, your employer won't tell you about the workplace, but we will. Uh, you're likely owed more severance than what you've been offered. Yeah. Go figure. Go figure. And yeah. I've never said that before. No, the not show. the basis no, of this show for no, the last two years. Never, never said that before. Uh, but, but you'd still be surprised how many people don't understand that. I, we talked in the week there was about that one lady that accepted a, a, an offer that was shy by about fifty, sixty thousand dollars mm. hours before she was uh, scheduled to speak to me, and that's that's true. Oftentimes, people are going to look at a severance offer or a termination letter, and they're going to assume that it's fine. Why? Because, well, if that's what my employer is telling me that I'm owed, well, it's got to be right. They know best. They know best. They have uh, lawyers and HR people, and, and, you know, they've done this before. And I've heard from my colleagues that they've been let go. They got something similar. Right. So that's fine. And, you know, you may even ask your employer, is there any room to negotiate employer? Can we do something better? And they say, no, no, that's, that's all we could do. They say, oh, well, there, there you go. They've told me that's it. That's it. Well, no, that is not it. It could be far from being it. Uh, your entitlements are not based on what your employer wants to pay you or what your employer thinks is reasonable or right. Mm-hmm. The law dictates what you're owed, and the main factors that go into that assessment are your age, position, and length of employment. And many people, most people, the vast majority of people, are getting or are, should be getting a heck of a lot more severance than what they're actually been offered. Uh, you know, we have in my firm, just so you know, we're, we're considered relatively a small firm. We have 14 lawyers doing this for a living. What does that tell you in terms of the amount of people that are let go uh, without proper severance? So just because your employer is saying you're owed something and that's it does not make it so. Give us a call. Go to severancepaycalculator.com. And if, if 
your offer is fine, we'll tell you it's fine. And at least you know you can accept, you can move on and not have to think about it down the road. Uh, wait a second, did I walk away from an extra $50,000 that I was owed? Very, very bad situation to be in. We'll talk about this again before the end of the hour, but just briefly before we take a break, you mentioned it, severancepaycalculator.com. For people who have no idea, go through it again quickly. Exactly. And, you know, uh, as nice as I am, and I'm a nice guy, you know that. Uh, don't, don't, eh. don't comment. Uh, eh. Yeah, thank you. <laughs> but irrespective of, of that, uh, not everyone likes to speak to lawyers. I've noticed that over the years, and that's fine. You know, Dog. some people think that, you know, lawyers may be intimidating, and they think, well, am I going to be charged? You're not. But right. irrespective of that. If you're not comfortable making that call, you're not comfortable speaking to me for whatever reason, that's fine. I still think you should know how much severance you're owed. That's why I created the severance calculator. That's why you can go to severancepaycalculator.com right now at any time. Get your information quickly and anonymously and accurately. And give us a call this afternoon. We'd love to hear from you. 416-870-6400, star 640 on cell. Lee or at employmenthour.com. We'll get to a few of those emails after a short break. And 1-855-821-5900. That is Lior's direct number. More of the Employment Hour is coming up on AM640 and AM900 CHML. One thirty-three on your Sunday. We'd love to hear from you on the show. Some emails at uh, Lior at employmenthour.com. And 1-855-821-5900 is the number we always go through. Talking about the things your employer won't tell you. Uh, about the workplace rights, but we will hear you are, uh, how about this one? You have the right to the same job after maternity leave. Yeah, shocking, right? Yeah. <laughs> and, but you'd be surprised how many people don't get it or how many people are told differently by their employer. I've had situations where employers say, well, no, that only applies to employers of certain size. So mm. we're a smaller employer, so we don't have to give you your job back. Uh, that's, that's wrong. That's false. So let's clarify. Let's uh, correct any misconceptions. If you have a maternity leave, a paternity leave, you have a right to the same job at the same pay. Not only same pay, in fact, if the pay for the job has gone up since you started your uh, maternity leave, you're entitled to that increased pay. So there's no exceptions to that except in extreme situations where the employer can show that the job is eliminated, there's no one else doing the job, and that can't be avoided, and there's nothing similar that they can uh, provide. Uh, they, the employer can't uh, put someone else in that position. The employer can't change your job, can't reduce your pay. The employer has to give you the same job you had before you started your maternity leave. Very, very simple. If they don't, not only is that a wrongful dismissal, that is a violation of the Employment Standards Act, that's a violation of the Human Rights Code, uh, it's not a good thing to do, and it's illegal. So remember, there's no exceptions to that. Even if you get severance, that still doesn't uh, mean that the employer is allowed to do that. So if you're on a maternity leave, you have this shield around you. You're protected. And the law says you cannot be uh, mistreated. You cannot be let go. You cannot have your job changed uh, by, at, at any time, at least for that one-year period. So remember that. Get to an email from uh, Doreen. We'll read this one. It says, worked as a hairdresser for full-time for five years. I get paid uh, a fixed weekly salary. That doesn't change. I was let go, and the salon owner said that I was an independent contractor, so I wasn't entitled to any severance. Is that right, and does it make a, make a difference that I was paid HST? Yeah, and, you know, very common situation, actually, in, in hairdressing salons uh, where effectively uh, the, uh, the individuals are considered to be paying to use the chair, if you will. Uh, and uh, the, the analysis is the same as it would be in other situations. The question always is, is the person really an employee? Mm-hmm. Or are they an independent contractor? And what they call themselves or what the company considers them to be is not relevant at all. We have to look at a number of factors. We need to look at how, how long the person has done the job. Uh, are they really in business for themselves? Do they use their, the company's tools? 
Uh, are they taking any financial risk? And based on all those factors, we can determine whether someone, including a hairdresser, is an employee or an independent contractor. Now, in this situation, if she says that she's been there f- five years working full-time, she gets a fixed salary. So, that, <laughs> that's man, that speaks volumes. Yeah. She is an employee, John. Yeah. Now, the fact that she's been treated for five years in an, as an independent contractor doesn't change the reality likely that she's an employee. So, after five years, if she is now losing her job, of course she gets severance. Now, depending on her age, she could be easily getting six, eight, nine months of severance. Very significant. So uh, the fact that she was getting EI or HST, I should say, doesn't really change that analysis. Uh, Now, CRA may have to be dealt with, but it does not change the fact that she's owed severance. And this situation, this one email, quite a common situation. Saul in Toronto emails in as well, says, I worked as a payroll clerk and have to work extra hours to get the job done, but my employer insists that I should get the job done on time and that he won't pay overtime. Can I get overtime? And can the employer say that I just wasn't efficient with my time? Yeah, and, you know, that's always the question. Uh, employer says, I'm not going to pay you overtime, employee. Uh, but employee says, well, what do I do? I need to work these extra hours to finish the job. So the law has dealt with this many, many times. Uh, an employer has to pay overtime if the overtime is worked. Number one, if the employee can, can show that he or she has worked the overtime. And number two, that it was reasonable to work that overtime. So if you really are completely incompetent and then every other person could have done it in half the time, maybe that's an issue. But if it's fairly reasonable, even if there is another employee that could have done it faster, but as long as it's reasonable to have worked that extra hours, the employer has to pay the overtime. It doesn't matter that the employer asked you not to do it. Now, the fact that you've worked overtime, if the employer told you explicitly not to, that actually could be a disciplinary issue. I mean, the oh. employer may say, we'll give you some sort of a warning for doing that. But that does not change the fact that if overtime is worked, as long as it's reasonable, the employer has to pay it. Talking about things your employer won't tell you about the workplace rights, but we will hear you can take a very long disability leave and still remain employed. Yes, and very, 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 very important and very common. Mm-hmm. Uh, when someone goes on a long-term disability leave and, and they, may, they probably are getting uh, LTD, long-term disability benefits, uh, that often means that they're in a serious situation uh, and they may be gone for months, a year, maybe a few years from, from the workplace. Generally speaking... They're entitled to their job back even if they're gone for months or even years. Now, there's only one situation where the employer can end the relationship if the employee is, uh, is away for a, okay. a disability, and that's if it's a frustration of contract. And when does that happen? That happens in two situations. Number one, when the employee is really away for a long time, so usually we're talking two years or more, uh, number one. And number two, where the uh, employer can show that there's no likely uh, uh, ability to return to work. So a long absence, probably two years or more, and not likely to to return to work in the foreseeable future. If the employer can show both of those things, maybe that's a frustration of contract. The employer can end the relationship and only pay minimum severance. It's not enough to say, well, wait a second, you've been gone for two years or three years or five years. After five years, if a doctor is saying, yeah, I'm optimistic that he can get better and go back to work, that cannot be a frustration of wow. contract. You remain an employee, and you have your right to your job back. Your phone calls, 416-870-6400, star 640 on sale. You can email us as well, like I just read a couple there, Lior at employmenthour.com. And Lior's number is 1-855-821-5900. Lots more of the show coming up. Employment Hour right here on Talk Radio AM 640 and AM 900 CHML. 142, nice, beautiful Sunday weekend afternoon out there. We'll get to the uh, the phone. Scott, uh, Danny, hello, Danny. Welcome to the show. How you doing? Good, man. What's up? 
Uh, this question is for Lee. It's Lee there, right? Lior. Yeah, Lior. Yep. A question for you. Uh, it's a, a part two question, I guess. Um, can a potential employer check your credit report? Say you're going into a position, a management position that involves budgeting. Uh, can they check your credit report? And if they find something derogatory, can, first, do they have to let you know if they're going to check it? And second, if they do check it, do they have to disclose to you that there was something found that made, made them make a decision not to hire you? Uh, good question, Zanny. So first of all, uh, can they check us, uh, their credit score? The answer is yes, but they are required to ask permission for doing that. Uh, th- there's privacy reasons for that. So they are required to ask permission. Usually they would want to do that in writing. But if you give it to them, uh, then they can certainly check the score. And there's nothing illegal about uh, deciding not to hire you uh, because of your credit score. I don't know why they would do that, but they can. And no, they're not, again, legally required to tell you why that is. Mm -hmm. So they can decide not to hire you because of your credit score. I think there would be uh, a good reason and good HR practice to tell you why, but they don't strictly have to from a legal standpoint. Yeah, the reason I'm asking is if there's something that's not right in your credit report, it would be good if you had a chance to address it with the employer saying, listen, that is not correct, and I'm in the position, I'm correcting that now because it would be not too good if they made a decision based on something that's not correct. I agree with you completely, which is why I I think that it would be a very good idea for employers to say it's a question of whether or not they're legally required, and unfortunately, the law doesn't require them, doesn't say, if you don't tell uh, Danny that that's why you're not hiring him, that's illegal. But that's a good idea, and certainly if you're in a situation and you suspect that that's why they didn't hire you, you may want to ask the question directly and tell them that, wait a second, that's actually an error, uh, or you may want to run your own credit score to to see if there's a problem there. Okay, finally, uh, in this credit report also, that not necessarily Not just the score, score. of course, that's right. If they they do find, if if I contact them and said, listen, did you not hire me because of this, would uh, uh, HR disclose that to me? Would they say, hmm. yes, it was because of this, or would they say, sorry, we, we don't have to disclose the, uh, the reason we didn't hire you to you? Yeah, I know it's, it's a good question. I mean, I, I think that a, a good HR person will tell you why, uh, but again, strictly speaking, they don't have to. So uh, there's no law that says, well, HR person, as soon as Danny calls you, you have to tell them. So if they don't tell you, really, there's not much recourse that you have, and it's unfortunate. Hopefully that doesn't happen. Most employers are going to be much more reasonable than that. 416-870-6400, star 640 on sell is the number to call like Danny just did. And we're also talking about the things that your employer won't tell you about workplace rights. Doing some things wrong doesn't necessarily mean you can be let go for cause. Yeah, very, very big thing. Very, very big thing. Uh, And this is a problem on both ends. Oftentimes employers... Uh, are going to pull the trigger on a termination for cause well before they can and well before they should. And what does that mean? A termination for cause can happen only if the employee did something awful, usually a few awful things that made it so bad that it's now impossible to continue employing them. So it's not enough for the employer to show, wait a second, this employee was late yesterday and the, the, day, bef- the day before that he did a poor job on the project so those two things that he did bad, we're going to let the employee go for cause. Now, that employee can be let go without cause and get paid full severance, but not for cause. That's just not enough. That's not bad enough to be cause. Uh, so employers often pull the trigger well before they should. For employees, they may think themselves, no, I, I, I did come in late yesterday and I did uh, screw up on the project on the day before. So uh, they told me they let me go for cause. Clearly, I'm not owed anything. Again, that's wrong. 
cause is really an all-or-nothing proposition. Either you're you're uh, entitled to the worst punishment, the capital punishment, because you're 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 such a bad offender, mm-hmm. or you're not. There's no middle ground. And I, I would say that in the vast majority of cases, when I look at a termination for cause, it doesn't rise to that level, which makes it a wrongful dismissal. Got right up until two o'clock to take your phone calls. Four one six eight seven zero sixty four hundred star six forty on cell. Got uh, Don on the line. Hi, Don. Good afternoon. Hi. How are you? Good. What's up? Yeah, I'm uh, I'm a truck driver, and I uh, I I'm on salary and work a lot of hours. And I've heard Lior say on on occasion that everyone's entitled to overtime after a certain amount of hours. I'm just wondering if there's a gray area with with the trucking industry. Yeah, the, the trucking industry has its own specific and unique rules uh, based on a number of factors, including whether you're, you're driving uh, within the province, out of the province. Generally speaking, yes, you are still going to be entitled to overtime, but the threshold is going to be a lot higher uh, depending on a number of factors. So for many employees, uh, salaried employees, the threshold here in Ontario is 44 hours a week. You work more than 44. For, uh, for in the trucking, it could easily be 60 hours or more. Uh, but at some point, every trucker, every truck driver, if they're employees, are, is going to be owed overtime. Uh, so what I, I propose, because there's a number of checklists that go into deciding how much, uh, wh- what rule applies to you, let's talk about that off air. Give me a call. I'll ask you a series of questions. And I'll tell you, here's the threshold that applies to you. And if you don't get paid uh, hours beyond that threshold, then I can certainly help you get that. And truck drivers and construction workers still get severance, right? Because right. we get those for all the time. Absolutely. I actually got an email uh, this week after I said last week on the show hmm. that uh, construction employees get severance. I got uh, an email from someone with uh, their situation. They were let go after 15 years. They got no severance because their employer says we're in construction. We don't get severance. Nonsense. That's wrong. It is Lior at employmenthour.com. We got Sean and Mark Amir. We'll read a quick one before we uh, we take a break. It says my severance letter says that if I find another job, the employer will stop paying the severance and give me half of what is owed. Is this legal? Is this correct? Yeah, and you know, very very uh, uh, common situation. Usually, severance offer is going to have one of two things. Either the payment is going to be as a lump sum payment. So here's a check for six months severance, whatever it is, and off you go. Or it may say, we'll continue paying you for six months, uh, but if you find another job while we're still paying you, oh. we'll cut you off and give you half of what's outstanding. So, of course, if you're faced with six months guaranteed payment or six-month payment that's not guaranteed, the guaranteed is better for you, for the employee. But generally speaking, as long as the employer is offering to pay the employee for the right period of time, then they can choose, the employer can choose whether the payment is going to be guaranteed or not. So using my fictional example, if six months is the right period of time, the employer can choose to say, instead of giving you one check, we'll simply pay you over time. But if you find another job, we, the employer, want to take advantage of that and pay you less. Generally, they can do that. The problem is that many employers are not going to pay for the right period of time. That's what could be a wrongful dismissal. Take a short break. 416-870-6400. Star 640 on sales. The number to call in right up until 2 o'clock. We'd love to hear from you. Lee Yorn, employmenthour.com. And his number directly is 1-855-821-5900. The Employment Hour on Talk Radio AM 640 and AM 900 CHML. Getting down to our last few minutes here. Want to run through an email we just got from Miriam up in Vaughan. Says, uh, my boss treats me very badly and is always rude. He uh, he now reduced my days of work from five days a week to three days a week. Is there something, anything I can do? 
Yeah, tell him to stop being such a jerk. I mean, yeah. really. Uh, no, it's an unfortunate situation. And I can tell you from experience, having spoken with hundreds of people in that situation, being mistreated by in, in, in the workplace, you know, being harassed it is an extremely difficult situation because you have to go in every day knowing you're going to be uh, mistreated. Uh, you're not going to want to work. It's just going to make your whole life miserable. So it's a very unfortunate situation. But let's start with the reduction of, uh, of days from mm-hmm. five days to three days. Uh, generally speaking, an employer cannot, absolutely cannot do that. By doing that, they're breaching the employment agreement. They're, they're constructively dismissing the employee. So that alone may allow Miriam to leave and require the company to pay her full severance. Now, if this is something the employer has done in the past, if in the past the days have increased and decreased, so there's a practice, there's a history of doing this, it may be that she cannot do anything about it. In most cases, I don't think that's that's what happens. So if the, the company just decides to reduce the days from five to three, that's something that may be exactly what Miriam wants, which is to allow her to depart a workplace where she's obviously unhappy in and still get her full severance. Aside from that, if she can show how her boss is mistreating her and there's some record of that, or maybe there's some evidence or someone willing to corroborate it, the fact that she's mistreated alone could be a constructive dismissal because now the employer, her boss, has created this poison work environment. She doesn't have to take that. It's unreasonable for her to continue in that poison work environment. So if you can prove that that's what's happened, that alone could be a constructive dismissal. So in Miriam's case, there's two avenues potentially to get to a situation where she can leave yet still get her full severance. Other than someone else hopefully backing you up, which is, you know, if, if it's another employee who's got a family and a salary, right. probably is they're not going to do that. What are the other ways she can uh, prove it? Uh, there's several ways. Number one, she could have emails. So, for example, if uh, if the emails show the way she's been treated, that that could be something. You may even uh, be able to uh, to to record uh, something that's happened. Now, you got to be careful with that. But some cases you can record uh, as long as you're not uh, you know leaving a tape recorder in someone's uh, you know briefcase. If some if you have something in your office, you can record that. Uh, another way, maybe a former coworker, a former colleague, someone that no longer works there, that knows how this boss treats people, that could be a way to corroborate. Because you're right, having uh, an employee that still works there, that's trying to get a salary, corroborate the story or a position against their boss, it's going to be very difficult to do. Can she start the email thread saying, you know, Bill, I don't think you'd be very nice, man. I don't appreciate the rudeness. Yeah. we got to work on this, blah, blah, blah. That's record Build enough. the case. Exactly. Build, Build that case. Build the evidence. Confirm things by email. Create that paper trail. That's the best way to prove misconduct, to prove harassment when it's not otherwise not in writing. And to find out what she's owed, let's talk about severancepaycalculator.com. Yeah, finally, we, we touched on it, severancepaycalculator.com. A very uh, interesting, very neat tool. I actually did an interview uh, with the Lawyers Magazine about it uh, this week because they, they found out about it and they thought it was really neat that a lawyer created this this application. Uh, so there's an app on iPhone, iPad, and Android, or you can go to the website, severancepaycalculator.com, and it calculates how much you're owed if you lost your job. You input how old you are, your age, uh, sorry, your age, length of employment, and the type of job, just drop down menus, and it's going to tell you six months, 12 months, 18 months, or anything in between. Very, very easy to use, very user-friendly, anonymous, uh, and I encourage everyone that either just lost their job, is worried about losing their job, or maybe had a family member lose their job, 
Use uh, severancepaycalculator.com. And you don't have to rub your eyes. The number's correct. It's, it, a, it's not wonky. It's, it is it's correct, correct, right? It's yeah. not wrong. It's what the law provides. Severancepaycalculator.com and terminationquestions.com as well as a drop-down menu. Chances are your question has been asked. You can read all that. And short of both those tools, you can always call Lior, 1-855-821-5900 and Lior at employmenthour.com through email. This has been the Employment Hour right here on Talk Radio AM 640 and AM 900 CHML.